Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hallelujah podcast. I'm your host, Grace, and I'm beyond excited to have you here. At Hallelujah, my mission is to provide a space where you can grow in your faith, be encouraged, and gain an understanding of God's word. Currently, as we're recording, it is Easter Sunday, so Resurrection Sunday. So praise God that our our King is risen. Jesus conquered the grave and he is risen today. And this is such a massive and pivotal day in the in the Christian faith. So I'd encourage you all, whether it's Easter Sunday that you're listening to this or another day, just remember the the beautiful promise and the resurrection of our King and what that does for our Christian walk. So Praise God, there is joy in the house today, and it has been an awesome morning in in church for me as well. So hopefully you all have had a beautiful and restful Easter break, and above all else, you have remembered and spent time with our, our beautiful risen King. So yeah, I hope you've all had an awesome break and looking forward to getting into our episode today as well. Also, side note, guys, this is Grace from the future. Uh, I just finished recording this podcast episode. I had it all ready to go on video with Zoom and I've just rewatched it. And after one minute, the video quality just goes to trash. So I'm absolutely devastated. And unfortunately, I will just be uploading the audio for this one, which is, yeah, that's great. So pray for me, guys, that this doesn't happen again. Enjoy the episode. So in our episode today, we are continuing in our singleness series with our fourth episode, and we are discussing dating today. Is it biblical? Does the Bible say anything about it? If it does, does it give us any principles for dating? And yeah, that's what we're going to spend our time going through today. Really looking forward to jumping into this topic with you. I've personally heard so many different opinions in the church about dating, On one extreme, I hear that it's great and you can do it biblically and it's the perfect way to find out whether that person is the right person that you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And then on the other side, I've heard that dating is completely not biblical and we should just meet someone, marry them straight away because it is God's will. You know, thus saith the Lord, this is your husband, you get married and that's it. So I've certainly heard both and I think I personally fall somewhere a little bit in the middle, but we'll we'll discuss that today with what the Bible says about dating, if anything. And then some of my thoughts as well around dating versus courting. What are some of the principles that we can take into biblical dating? How to know when you're ready to date and, and more as well. So I hope and pray that this episode will be a blessing for you today. Either way, I think it is pretty safe to say that dating as a Christian is very, very different to dating in the world. Dating in the world, we know, is very much a try before you buy and it's a time where you go through and essentially determine, is this person a good a good fit for me? And often it will look like you have that initial attraction to someone you think, oh, and well, whether it's the the man or the woman that initiates, but essentially here's someone, I'm attracted to them. I want to get to know them more. You go on a couple of dates, whether it's dinner, movie, whatever it is, often you'll sleep together and you're essentially determining, is this someone that I could go into a relationship with? Dating often is, yeah, really that phase of just getting to know someone, but 
there's no real commitment or I guess weight to the process. It's very much a me-centered, try before you buy, a you a good fit for me instead of what can I bring you in this relationship. So all about pleasing yourself, not serving the other person. But when we date as a Christian, we turn all of this on its head, which is pretty standard for Christianity. We don't sleep together. We don't live together. We love and we honor and we respect and we serve one another, which is entirely different to dating in the world. So we see that as a Christian, it's just, it's different, right? And this is, this is following Jesus. This is the gospel that it is different. It's a city on a hill. It's, it's salt where we're light in the darkness. It's so different to what we find in that traditional dating in the world where it's me centric, but instead we're pointing to Christ. We're making sure that relationship or that marriage is a picture of God and his love. One point that I would love to make as well or distinguish is what we would typically say is dating versus courting. Dating is that stage of romantic relationship where two people will engage in activity to evaluate each other's suitability in that relationship as a potential partner or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is at that point in time. Courting, however, is defined as, and I looked this up in the dictionary, it's being involved with someone romantically with the intention of marrying. In courting, the man will typically take the lead to woo the lady. There's commitment and intentionality. Often the families are involved and they're above all else putting God first in seeking whether this person is the man or the woman that you will marry. So we see, and one really, really key word that I want to highlight here is that intentionality. In dating, there is not that intentionality of going, can I see myself marrying you one day? But instead, me-centric, how about me? Can you fit me? Are you giving me what I want with no real commitment? But in courting, we've got that beautiful intentionality of going, I'm being intentional about determining, is this man or woman, are they God-fearing? Are they going to make a, a good father of my children, a good wife of my children? Who, who are they? What is their character? What are they like in their relationship with God? And making that intentional stage of, of getting to know them. And as I was looking into this topic more, I read an awesome article by The Pleasant Relationship, but they summed up a few key differences between courting and dating. They did a little summary in a table, which I would love to go through because as I was reading it, and I actually, I don't know if they're a Christian organization or not. They did have a few mentions of God in the article, but a really, really good summary for us that I think can, can ground a lot of what we're talking about today. First of all, we've got the definition of courting, which is a romantic relationship with the intention of getting married. But dating means getting to know a person casually without any commitment. So already there, we're seeing that difference between intentionality and casually without any commitment. When it comes to marriage, courtship mostly leads to marriage, but dating is a very casual thing without an expectation of a committed relationship or marriage at the end. With regards to physical intimacy, courting, it does not involve any physical intimacy, but for dating, it usually involves a lot of physical intimacy, which is what we kind of touched on before as well, where often in dating, you're working out, 
is this person a good fit for me sexually as well? Like, are we compatible? So that's where we'll often get the sleeping together, the living together, all the benefits of being married without actually having to have that commitment. When we're talking about the role of emotions in courting, courting or courtship helps to engage people form an emotional and romantic bond with each other. But in dating, since it's a very casual form of love, it may or may not involve emotions. And often here we see in dating, and I know I've personally experienced this for myself, we can be a little bit separated because we we don't want to get hurt. We're not sure where it'll go. We're just kind of sussing them out from afar without really having to, to put one foot in the ring and, and put put our hearts, wear our wear our hearts on our sleeve and and now have that intentionality about. Could this go somewhere? Could it not? Could my heart get broken? Maybe, but in in view of finding that person that I will spend the rest of my life with, putting it out there and, and making sure it honors God in the process. And then finally, the last point that they had in their table was the involvement of parents. And in courting, the family may or may not be involved in the couple's decision to court one another, but typically they are, and you'll have that parental permission or set up before that courting um, phase commences. But in dating, as many of you would know, the parents are never consulted. (laughs) It is a decision of, could I see myself with you? Do I want to date? When you date, how you date, how old you are, it all comes down to you and your feelings, your emotions and Parents typically are not involved until you're further down the track, you're engaged, you're talking about getting more serious, and then it may be a bit more of a casual, meet the family, this is my parents, doesn't really matter how you get along, but in courting, obviously, you've got church leaders, parents, friends, family, people who love and respect you, who are are speaking into that relationship, and they're really helping you in that journey to determine is this person a good a good fit for you? So there are a few of the differences already that we see between dating and courting. And for the purpose of this episode as well, whether I use courting or dating, we're essentially going to have dating as biblical dating. So we're not talking about dating in the world where you are living together, you're sleeping together, and it's just a short-term thing to determine whether this person will be a good fit for you to eventually have a relationship, maybe, maybe not get married, no commitment. We're talking about biblical dating. Well, whether it's biblical or not is is up for question, but we're going to call it Christian dating or, or courting. One of the big topics that we're going to talk about today as well is whether the Bible actually says anything about dating Interestingly enough, as I was looking into this more, we actually don't find the term courting or dating in the Bible. The term never really appears in the text because we really only see the two relationship statuses as single or married. Dating is a much newer concept and I believe it came into existence, I think it was like 1879, somewhere in America where they really coined that dating term. So it's a much newer concept in the world and we can't really look back on the Bible to see what it specifically says and what principles there are as well. We can, however, apply the principles that we do learn from the Bible to Christian dating. 
And as many of you would know or be aware of, biblical wisdom is something that is incredibly important. And we're told to seek wisdom in our Christian walk as we mature. We can ask God, we can ask other people, and we can grow in wisdom for ourselves in regards to our finances, our family situation, our our work, friendships, or dating, especially dating. So what we can do is apply and learn the principles from the Bible and apply that into every situation. So I've got seven or eight principles that I have found from the Bible that I think we can really apply to Christian dating or courtship as we start to go through that process. The first one that we have here is to not be unequally yoked. And this one is so, so, so important because the Bible so frequently talks about not being yoked with unbelievers. And 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? So we see here that it is so important for a Christian not to be dating a unbeliever because ultimately it will take away the person who has the stronger morals, which is a Christian, away from God, away from their faith, because there's no, there's no compromise. And it's so important to have that strong foundation in the middle of your relationship or your marriage. And if Christ is not the center of that, it will not be fruitful for either party, especially not the Christian. And if I can bring in a bit of a personal note on this one, I personally found for me that it was actually dating non-believer that took me away from my relationship with God. And I grew up in a Christian home, as many of you would know, I've touched on it in my testimony episode. So feel free to go back and listen to that if you want a bit more context. But I essentially grew up in a Christian home. And when I was in high school, I started dating one of the guys there who was not a Christian and over the space of a couple months, about a year, essentially fell away from my faith. All of that was because I I was caught up and I was enticed in the world of dating an unbeliever, everything that came with that, with um, sleeping together and, and staying the night and just starting to really cross those boundaries that you would typically not have in the... Christian dating or relationship that is God honoring. I can personally say that uh, dating an unbeliever will lead you away from your your faith. So that is the first one that I wanted to establish that that is hugely important as a principle for for dating or for marriage. The second point that I have here is that courtship and dating, marriage, anything, it is between one man and one woman. When God first created marriage, he had Adam and Eve in the garden. We see that he created male and female in his image. He created them. It is one man and it is one woman that is to be joined together in marriage. It is not two men. It is not two women. And God has been very clear about that in his world. So in Genesis, very, very early on in the Bible, chapter 2, verse 24, we see Therefore, a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. 
few things that we can see here. First of all, a man shall leave his father and his mother. It does not say a man shall leave his two dads or his two mums. He is leaving his father and his mother. So one woman, one man, and he will hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And this is only one verse, but we see multiple verses in the Bible about marriage being between one man and one woman. And we also see many verses in the Bible that condemn anything outside of this. So really important principle for for you guys when you're looking at Christian dating as well. The third one that I have here is keeping God at the center of your life, your relationship, and all about putting him first. Matthew 6.33 tells us to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This can be applied to everything in our lives, whether it is work, friendship, family, your career, anything like that, but most importantly, dating as well. When you put God first, when you seek him first and his kingdom, everything else will be added to and flow from that really important principle as well in dating is to put God first and and seek him first in everything that you do. Another principle that we have is about respecting yourself and respecting the person that you are courting or dating. And all of these as well, I'll make mention that all of these can be applied to marriage as well. So if you are listening, typically, I think most of the listeners will be in a position like me that they're either single or you may be dating. But if you're listening and you're married, all of these can be applied to your marriage as well. I am certainly not an expert on marriage, so there'll be many great marriage podcasts out there. But my hope and prayer is that whatever stage of life you're in, you'll be able to take a lot of these principles as well. We need to honor the other person that we're courting or dating the way that God sees them and and honors them too. Romans 12, 9, 10 says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. This is such an important principle for us to not only take in dating and courting, but in all of our relationships with family and friends, we have to love one another and honor one another and see people in the way that God sees them. Ultimately, every single person is made in the image of God and they are a son or daughter of the king. And you need to treat that person the way that God sees them and God treats them. Really important for you to respect and honor the person that you are dating. Another point is that you need to remember, and this kind of links in well with the other one that we had, But you need to remember who you're dating and that they're not just another person that you can wine and dine, suss out if they're a good fit or not, and throw away if they're not fit for purpose. Ephesians 2.10 reads, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. I love that at the start of this verse, it talks about that we are God's handiwork, every single person and you listening to this podcast right now, you are God's handiwork. You are created in his image, like we just said, and he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And we need to remember this when we're courting or we're dating. We have a plan, well, God has a plan for our lives, but he also has a plan for the person that you're with. 
And as we touched on, we need to honor and respect them. But also remember that as a child of God, they are not someone who should be thrown into the trash when they're not a good fit or they frustrate us, they annoy us. We need to be coming at this with love and forgiveness. And ultimately, if you decide that they're not a good fit for you, you don't think you're a good fit for them, that's okay. But end the relationship, end that dating period with love and brotherly affection and make sure you're not leaving with a whole lot of baggage and hurt and that they aren't either. Often in dating in the world, we see that people get their heart broken, it ends in tears, and it's this huge ripping away. And I think a big part of that can be when you're sleeping together. The Bible talks about you becoming one flesh, and one flesh is not designed to be ripped apart. So if you're sleeping together in that dating relationship phase and you do break up, you've you've already got that soul tie, but you're ripping apart two flesh, which is ripping apart one flesh into two, which is not what God designed it to be. So keep in mind uh, just the, the hurt or the trail of destruction that you may be leaving behind because this is not, not God's intention. Another point that we have is to glorify God. And I love this one because it is such a incredible, incredible thing for us to be able to do in our lives as Christians, in everything we do, but especially dating when we're dating with intentionality to lead to marriage. 1 Corinthians 10.31, and many of you will know this, it says, so whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. So we can apply this principle to our Christian dating or courtship as well, in that whatever we do with that person in our dates, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we interact with other people, do it all for the glory of God. Make sure you are honoring and you are glorifying God in all of your actions, because this will point people either back to Jesus or they will see you and they will see the way that you're working or living in a way that doesn't glorify God. And that will say a lot about you and your Christian walk potentially leave them with a sour taste in their mouth towards God as well, which is not something that we want to do as Christians. I've got three more points here as well. This next one is very, very important. And I would love to do a whole episode on boundaries, which touches on one of these topics as well. But in our Christian dating or courting, we need to flee sexual temptation 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. So we see here that even though sin is equal in God's eyes, sexual immorality, sexual sin, it is not sinning outside of the body, but it is it is sinning against our own body. And I can personally attest to how much that can can rip you apart when you have sexual sin in your life. So my hope and prayer that if it is not something that you have already done, stay strong, keep it until marriage because sex is beautiful and it is God's design and he blesses it in marriage, but God sets up healthy boundaries for a reason. In dating, we really need to be careful to flee sexual immorality and flee sexual tension 
And this doesn't mean to get as close to the line as you can. It means to know where the boundaries are and flee, like run away. Don't go to the edge of the cliff and see how close you can get. I see a lot of people talking about, well, you know, can we, um, can we kiss in marriage or can like, can we make out how far, like how far can we go? How close to the line can we get? I would just say as well that if you struggle to be alone with someone and to like not have sexual thoughts, like if that tempts you, just get out, get out of that situation, talk about your boundaries early on as well, because that is not something that you want to be, uh, yeah, it's not something that you want to be entertaining in your dating or, or courting. Next, we have wisdom. I love this Bible verse in James. The book of James is beautiful for anyone who, who hasn't read that. James 1 to 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. Wisdom is something that is really important in our Christian walks but especially as we are dating, because as many of you would know, when you're dating, you've got all the emotions, all the lovey, fuzzy feelings, and it can be ever so easy to look over any red flags because you're just absolutely besotted with the person that you are dating. Wisdom in especially those early phases of dating, so, so, so important. And I would encourage you as well to seek guidance and listen to the older people in your life. Listen to people who have been a Christian for a long time. Listen to elders in the church, pastors, your parents. Listen to those people who know you and love you and want to see the best for you as well. Listen to the advice and accept discipline and at the end you will be counted among the wise is a verse from Proverbs 19.20, which really highlights as well the importance of listening to older Christians and, and people in their, their faith as well. The last point that we have here is also not to idolize the other person and make them your everything. Idolatry is a sin, and we know this very clearly in the Bible, and we need to be careful about not making our husband or wife or marriage, ultimately as an idol in our lives. Colossians 3.5 talks about putting to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Once again, this can and should be applied to everything in our lives. We constantly need to check ourselves to make sure that we're not making anything an idol whether it is money, our material possessions, our career, status, anything like that, but especially the person that we are dating, our husband or our wife or marriage in general. Sometimes I think it can be really difficult when you deeply desire something in your heart. And for many of us, we do desire marriage and we desire a godly marriage and a beautiful husband or wife to help us grow in our faith and point us to Jesus and just be that beautiful picture or reflection of Christ and his bride. But we need to make sure that we are not making that an idol in our lives. 
even though the Bible doesn't specifically talk about dating, we can see there with many of those principles that we went through that we can apply it to our dating so that we know we're doing it in a God-honoring way. And I would encourage you all just to seek this out for yourself as well. Get into the word, do some research, determine what dating may look like for you and what are some other principles that you can apply to it for yourself. I'd encourage you to write this down, make a list, just work out for you what dating is going to look like and then you can be prepared for either when you go into it or you can come in prepared for the season that you're currently in to make sure that you're doing it in a really God-honoring way. As part of this episode, I also want to discuss how to know when we're actually ready to start dating or courting. First point that I have is that your your walk with God is solid. Your relationship with Jesus is the first and foremost, most important thing in your life and that you are firmly rooted in your identity in Christ, not what the world says, not what a husband or a wife or a boyfriend, girlfriend has said about you or you're worried that they may say, but you know your worth is in Christ and you are a son or daughter of the King if you're a Christian and that you are made in the image of God and that he has a beautiful plan and purpose for your life to prosper you and not to harm you. So make sure that you know that, you truly know that before you start dating. I would encourage you as well to make sure that the other areas of your your life and your walk with God are solid and that you're in the word every day. Make sure you're getting scripture into your heart because the more that we know God's word, the more that he can reveal his character to us and we will grow and we will mature. Make sure as well that you have a good prayer life. Ask yourself if you're in the word and you're praying every single day. Are you communicating with God, growing with him? Do you have fellowship with believers? Are you tithing? Are you serving in church? Do you see the fruit of the spirit in your life as you continue to to grow in your faith? First and foremost, just make sure that your relationship and your walk with God is really solid before you look to bring someone else into that space. The second point that I have is that you could see yourself getting married within the next year. This is something that I think is really important to put out there for any Christians who are looking to start dating. We see that the the big difference between courting and the dating in the world is that intentionality. We know that when we're dating or courting as a Christian, our end goal is marriage. It's not a relationship that will last five or seven years where you move in together, you have a couple dogs, maybe you get, maybe you have kids, maybe you don't, but there's no, there's no marriage. There's no end goal in sight. And we know that when we date biblically, that our end goal has to be marriage. So if you're dating for years and years, ultimately we kind of really, and timeframes, you know, seek God, seek people around you and, and have wisdom. But I don't think we should be dating for years and years and years before we then consider marriage. I personally would probably only want to date or be in that courting phase for about a year. And then I would want to get engaged, be engaged for a couple of months to plan a wedding and enjoy that beautiful season. But ultimately, if I couldn't see myself getting married in the next year, I wouldn't start dating because it shows that I'm 
not ready. I don't have that maybe intentionality about marriage in the future. And ultimately, sometimes we just don't understand the maybe the significance of of marriage and that picture of marriage and what it looks like because I believe that that when we truly know and see marriage for what it is, that that is something that we should be in awe and reverence of because of its incredible power and and picture of Christ and his bride. So we should come into it knowing what it is and only starting dating when we know we're ready to get married. Another point that I have about how to know if you're ready to date or not is that you are not struggling with pornography. And I can not say this one loud enough, but if you are currently struggling with a porn addiction, you should not even consider getting married, dating, being in a relationship, whatever it is. If that is something that you are struggling with, that is a sin and that needs to be worked through with other men around you, worked through with God. And I would really encourage you to get help with that because it will tear marriages and relationships apart. It will stop you from being able to hear clearly from God and it'll make such a a massive, massive impact in your walk with God personally, but it will also have huge impacts on, on the person that you're dating. So I would encourage you, if you're struggling with pornography, don't even consider dating until you have got that sorted out. Another point that continues on with that as well is that if you are struggling with any significant sin in your life, whether it is alcoholism, it's other sexual sin, it's drugs, it's crime, whatever that looks like, I would encourage you as well to heal from that and make sure you deal with that sin before you bring someone else into that. Because we want to make sure that when we're dating as Christians, we have two happy and healthy and whole people coming together to be one flesh and seeking God and seeking marriage together. We know that when we have significant sin in our life, that can be a real blocker in in growing our relationship with God. And I just want to encourage you as well, if you are dealing with significant sin in your life, that you remember what Christ did on the cross, because by his stripes, we are healed and his blood, it covers all sins in our life. But we do need to remember to seek God and repent and turn from our sin. It is a process and you're not alone in this. But yeah, I just really encourage you to to work through that before you bring someone else into that space. Another point that I have here is that when you're looking to start dating or courting as a Christian, that you are not holding onto any baggage from your previous relationships When you have past hurts from relationships, it is so, so important that you take the time to heal from that before you bring someone else into that space. We all have past hurts, whether it's from family or friendships, broken relationships, but sometimes we can underestimate the the massive impact that can have on our boyfriend or girlfriend or our future spouse as well. So it's really, really important before you start dating work through any of that baggage that you have and make sure that you are healed emotionally, mentally, and that you are in a good place to to bring and support and love someone else as you you go into that dating as well. The final point that we have here when you are ready or you think you might be ready to start dating is that you have taken the time to pray and seek God about this as well. As with all things in our lives, having a healthy prayer life and communication with God 
is so important. And I would encourage you, especially in dating, be prayed up, fast, pray, seek God about this, get on your face, get on your knees before God and ensure that you are in a place where you are ready to date, that you have his blessing and his wisdom and don't don't go into this in your own strength because, uh, yeah, it never ends well. So I would encourage you to seek God in all things that you do, but especially in dating. As we wrap up this episode, I also just want to take some time to look back at what marriage is because we need to remember that marriage is a God-ordained, beautiful covenant relationship between a man and a woman for life. It is a beautiful blessing from God that can bring forth children into this world and will help our stewardship of this incredible earth earth that we live on. Even though dating can sometimes seem daunting and it is it is a big thing because the the person that we spend the rest of our life with other than following Jesus is the biggest and the most important decision that we will ever make. So it's good to go into it prayed up, have wisdom, have people around you who can support you in that. But it is very important and we just need to ensure that when we're doing that, we're doing it God's way, we're doing it with intentionality and that we're putting God first and honouring him in, in everything that we do. And never forget that marriage is a beautiful picture and reflection of Christ and his bride. And the more that you search into that, look at like really get into the word, study the word to see what God says about marriage and the beautiful blessing and gift that it is. Because in marriage, you will love and you will serve and you will respect and honor and cherish the person that you spend the rest of your life with. And my hope and prayer is that we will all have a good and healthy view of of marriage and its true fullness and abundance of, of joy and hope and love and life. And that above all else that we will that we will see that and we will hold it in its true place for for what it is as a beautiful opportunity to grow closer to God and, and serve Him. Don't forget in all of this as well, just to enjoy enjoy that dating courting phase, enjoy engagement whenever it comes to you as well, because it's a beautiful honor to be able to court or date someone who is a a Christian and you can pray together, you can serve together, you get to grow and encourage and love one another. When you start it off with that strong foundation, I, I truly believe that your marriage will be so well set up for success. As part of our singleness series, I think we'll only do another two or three episodes. And our next episode is going to be awesome because flowing on from this one, it'll work well because I have our first guest on the podcast, my friend Josh. And what we are going to be talking about is attributes to look for in a godly spouse. So if you feel like you're ready to start dating or you just want to know more about what to look for when you do start, Stay tuned for this episode because it'll be really, really beneficial for for you as well. As we wrap up our episode today as well, I will just end us in prayer as I usually do because this is such a a beautiful and exciting, but sometimes can feel um, can feel daunting to talk about. I just want to lift everyone up today and yeah, and close us off in prayer. 
the Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for for this episode and the opportunity that I have to come and speak and and share some thoughts and wisdom with everyone in our our episode in this podcast family today. Father, I lift everyone up to you and God, I ask it that you would just meet them where they are right now, Lord God, that you would show and reveal yourself to them and your character and your goodness and your love for them. God, I, I pray that you would help us all to have that experience where the knowledge of you, it drops from our head to our heart. Lord God, I, I just pray that everything that we've learned and discussed in our episode today would um, take hold in our hearts and that above all else that we would just have such a deep desire to honor and serve you in everything that we do, Lord God. I pray for protection and peace for everyone listening to the episode today or in the future days that it's out after Easter Sunday. And above all else, God, we thank you so much for the incredible sacrifice of Jesus on the cross as we remember his triumphant resurrection today, that the grave could not hold him and he defeated sin and death and by him, through his stripes, we are healed and that we have the, the freedom and the authority to come before you, Lord God, through him, through Jesus, through his shed blood and through believing in him that we can come and be right standing and have access to you, Lord God. We thank you for that. We love you, God. And I pray all of that in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into our 21st Hallelujah podcast episode and the fourth episode of our singleness series. I have loved going through this series with you and I'm looking forward to the last few episodes as well. My hope and prayer is that I will always be able to point you to Jesus and that you'll leave feeling encouraged, equipped and inspired to ready and ready to go out and be salt and light in this world. Don't forget to follow and leave us a five-star review as well. If you're enjoying the content that I'm putting out, make sure you also follow me on Instagram at Hallelujah Podcast to keep up to date with any posts, videos, articles, news, anything like that that I'm putting out there. And make sure you reach out to me as well if you have ideas for other podcast episodes or, or this episode really made an impact on you because I love to hear from you guys and I I'm I'm here to serve you. I want to do what what you want and what you need and and what what you want to hear and and learn about. Awesome. Well thanks everyone for tuning into the Hallelujah podcast and I look forward to seeing you next time.